Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in. Stoppage time. Busy, busy week for Atlanta United. A 3-0 win in Charlotte. Portland Timbers come into town this weekend. Atlanta leads the Eastern Conference with seven points. Best start in club history. And Miles Robinson is back with the U.S. men's national team. The only MLS player called up for CONCACAF Nations League games. Three other call-ups so far that are 100% official. We'll talk about the ramifications of it. It won't affect this week. So let's be clear about that. It won't affect Portland. It will affect the Columbus game. It could have minute availability effects for the April 1st game against Red Bulls. But we'll get into all of that. We got about 30 minutes here on stoppage time. We'll take some questions from you guys as well. Drop them into the comment section. I think, Mike, we've talked a lot about Charlotte and the win, and really it was 45 minutes of, of good soccer to talk about. The second 45 was uh, kind of a, a waste of time in a lot of ways, and you got to go maybe 75% speed and get some guys' minutes of Johnny Fortune making his debut. That's cool. But a really great start on Saturday in Charlotte. He... Oh, gotcha. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, that button down there. Sorry. Gotcha. Uh, I, I mean, I, my my brain is mush today. I, we're having a crazy day here in the <sighs> office. So forgive me in advance. But uh, to me, there's really only one comparable performance that I can think of in, in Atlanta United's relatively young history, and, and that was the 2018 match in Colorado where mm -hmm. you just came out and in 25 minutes you ended that thing. And then there was really – very little else to do other than see the match out. And by the way, you know, I know, I know there's been a lot of narratives that have been spun out of the second half performance. Match <laughs> state is a real thing, everyone. We already and, talked about this in week one. We've yeah, already covered match state. Remember yeah, yeah. the, the storylines here, folks. But honestly, look, I loved the second half performance too, because quite frankly, Charlotte was never able to wiggle themselves into any kind of real threat. And to say, I honestly felt their two best scoring opportunities came in the first half. 
Uh, one was the um, there was a volley by Melanda that was over the crossbar from pretty near the penalty spot. It's, it's an overhead flick. Let, let's yeah, it, overhead it's, flick. It, it's one of the that's a weird one because like an XG because it doesn't take into account like <laughs> what direction the player's facing. Correct. And XG is going to be high on that. The actual percentage of converting that is actually pretty low. But, but again, like I think that just tells you what Charlotte was reduced to on the yeah. day. Like that yeah. was point of fact. I, I think one of their two best goal scoring opportunities. Mm -hmm. They had another one around that time. Not counting the the penalty shot. They had another one around that time. There was a recycle of something, and and I want to say there might have been a caught cross by Brad or something in the first half. Down on there the were other a couple end. in the first half. Caleb Wiley made a, a big defensive play in the first half, coming all the way across to win a tackle on a ball that just it, it kept rattling around in the eighteen. Like that was that was really it for Charlotte. It's it's weird because you look at XG and like the Milanda chance is one that XG's high, actual probabilities low. There weren't really any huge saves from Brad Gazan in the match. Uh, he was very good on crosses. I thought defensively it was all over the field. And as I talked about on Atlanta Soccer tonight, the stat, if we want to get into numbers, because you, you mentioned it you know, in terms of narratives, like we can't say numbers don't matter when they don't win or they don't win big or they need to come back late. Oh, the numbers don't matter that they outshot them 20 to 10. The numbers don't matter. But now they do matter in a 3-0 win. Like, stop, people. Come on. Well, Y'all are better than that. That's but, right up there. That's right up there with my favorite line. You don't deserve to make the playoffs. Oh, jeez. Like, yeah, when in reality, it's black and white, like, either you're in the playoffs or you're not. It has nothing to do with deserving. You yeah. either earn enough points or you didn't. <laughs> Anyhow, that's crazy. The number that, that I liked the most from Saturday was that every starter – in the team, except for Brad Kazan, because he did other things. Every starter on the field had either a tackle, an interception, or a block. All of them did something defensively. I, I don't know how often that has happened. I don't think it's a regular occurrence. Um, I think the only player without a, a tackle or an interception, which is is a defensive action, that's, that's what I go on, uh, was Barry. And he actually had a couple blocks on sequences where uh, the ball was in the 18 corners, what have you. So that's a good team defending performance. And the first goal is created by team defense. The second goal is something that they worked on last week in, in training on Tuesday when Gonzalo Pineda set up the open training session and, and talked to everybody. One of the focal points in the activities was quick restarts and throw-ins were part of that. And ultimately, Charlotte allowed it to not be as quick of a restart as it needed to be, but the execution was perfect. It's a throw in. Miguel Barry chests it down. Caleb Wiley takes off. Boom. Goal. Immediate. And then the third goal is a great team goal. So you got three different goals, three different ways. You got good defending. You got quality attacking play. Tiago Almada was super efficient. Nine shot created actions. Five chances created. He only had like 56 touches. Um, just a, a great overall performance to where you could put the game to bed at halftime. Agreed. Yeah, it, but I want to go back to the point that I was trying to make at the start. I thought Atlanta United did a really nice job in the second half. I, I know a lot of yeah, people fun. 
were dissatisfied with with the second half or whatever. And again, I I think it's a very small subset of of observers. yeah, like it, Man, I, guys, when you have a three nil lead and you can coast a little bit, when you're gonna play a whole lot of minutes and games this year, and and again, and, and this is, goes back to another thing that Gonzalo Pineda's talked about. They've been working extremely hard to get to this point. He, the, the intensity levels of training, 30 to 40% higher than they've ever been Yeah, in Atlanta United history. So when you get 45 minutes that you can go at less than 100% intensity, man, that's valuable. Big. That's super yeah. valuable. It's absolutely big. That's a great point. But again, just really, I, I'm very, very pleased to see where this team is right now at this point of the season. I do think there's probably a little more polish that Gonzalo Pineda wants to see in certain aspects right now, but seven of a possible nine points, including a blowout road win. Look, I'm thrilled with that. Your top of table in the Eastern Conference should be thrilled with that. Um, I think you've got a really, really good chance, and we'll get into it maybe here in another minute or two. I think you have a really good chance, 10 of a possible 12 to begin the season. You've never done that before either, and I think you've got an excellent opportunity against an aging Portland Timbers side who has to come across the country and now face this this Atlanta pressing style that I think is going to be very disruptive against an aging, a little bit banged up Portland side. You know, 10 of a possible 12 points to begin the season is something Atlanta United's never done before. Uh, Their best start in club history was nine of a possible 12. That was in 2018. That one out ended pretty nicely, if I remember correctly. So they've done a really nice job. I think you're seeing tangible progression, tangible week-over-week improvement, tangible forging of chemistry. Uh, It's there. You're seeing it. All the eye tests right now are being passed, playing positive, entertaining soccer, counter-pressing and winning the ball back, disrupting, you know, Gonzalo Pineda, we said during the Toronto match, he didn't want Toronto to connect more than three passes. Uh, I think there was only one stretch of that match where that happened. I don't remember Charlotte doing that at all on Saturday. Uh, maybe with one or two unremarkable exceptions. Yeah, maybe in the second half when when intensity dropped a little bit, but not in anything dangerous. No. Yeah, I mean, and and I'll I'll take it a step further. I think the vibe right now around the team is really good. Yeah, really, really. Good. I, I was at training yesterday. It was very, very good. Yesterday was a really impressive session. And let's go back to workload. Uh, Gonzalo Pineda, this, I, I love what's happening on Tuesdays right now. It's an open training session for media. And Gonzalo will come over and talk to the media that's there before the session and tell them, this is what we're going to do. This is why we're doing what we're going to do. And the session yesterday was a little shorter, but very intense. And the idea, again, was because these guys have worked really, really hard. We don't want to overload them early in the season. We want to maintain. We don't want to add intensity. We want to maintain where they are. So the activities, and they were all with purpose, and everything that was being done was, you know, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, very intense moments of play, then stop. Then go again real hard, then stop. It was really good, and it was, again, really intense work, good vibe, lots of talking, lots of, 
you know, one team scores a goal and the other, lots of, you know, whooping, hollering, that kind of stuff that's fun. And, and it makes the session and the work fun. It's not fun without the hard work. It's fun mm-hmm. because of both. Yeah. And that's where the session was yesterday. It just, it felt really good. It felt really sharp. You know, it, there's uh, quite a few academy guys and second team guys in the mix too. And when you add that element, that ups that intensity a little bit because you got guys trying to show out. You got guys trying to prove themselves. It was good. It was a, a really good session. I felt great watching it. Do you want to get into the call-ups and the news of the day and uh, all of that? Yeah, let's uh, let's talk call-ups, what we know so far. Let's talk um, Portland, and then let's grab a couple questions before we go. We got like 17 minutes or so. We got a hard out at 2.30 today, y'all. My fault. Um, no, nice. I, it happens. Trust me. There, there's a ton of things going on. Um, and, and yeah, one just to just to finish off, like kind of the Charlotte conversation. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys know out there who are watching this, everybody. You don't have to make excuses for feeling good about how this team is playing anymore. That can stop in the conversation about Atlanta United right now. They're playing well. There doesn't need to be a but or a uh, well. Uh, well, last year, there doesn't need to be that anymore. This is a team that is seven points out of nine. That's never been done in club history. This is a team that is playing well, that is defending well, that is looking very cohesive. And again, Yorgos Yakamakis hasn't started yet. Derek Etienne mm-hmm. hasn't started yet. So you don't have to counter it anymore. You can just enjoy it. And please do, because Saturday, if you didn't enjoy that first half, man, I don't oh. know what to tell you. It was wonderful. I, enjoyed um, it. I was thrilled. I mean, when the second half, the excitement of the second half is watching Charlotte's scoreboard completely malfunction, that was highly entertaining. I was yes. thrilled. Malfunction. Something like that. I mean, it got like, it, it looked like uh, if you were watching, you were just outside the metro area and you were trying to watch like Channel 36 back in the 80s. It turned yeah. like that for a while. It was really weird. Yeah. I don't know. I anyway. just, it, it, it was amazing to me that the score just, vanished everywhere in the stadium when their team was down 3-0. But I, I was making a joke. I'm sure that wasn't intentional, right? Yeah, sure, definitely. Anyhow, <laughs> anyhow let's talk about the call-ups. Really cool for Miles, by the yeah. way. I think that is that is such a huge step. Look, Miles, I think, you know, we talk about week to week to week. Let's go back to the start of preseason where Miles was really just trying to get his legs back and, and get back into a rhythm. And you you look at this maybe like six week progression that he's had to right now making MLS team of the week uh, for his performance against Charlotte. This is now kind of the next affirmation that Miles is fully back. Mm. And quite frankly, uh, it was far less than twelve months for Miles to come from ruptured Achilles back to a national team call up, which is a tremendous testament to the work that Miles has put in to get back. Yeah, and the the training staff at Atlanta United as well, uh, and it's something that Miles and and Brad Kazanipo talked about the the work off the field from everybody, the extra hours put in, uh, the work that you know those two did together and, and helping each other out. You know, maybe not the the physical laying out what they're going to do, but supporting one another. Because I mean, that's it's just a it, it's a, an injury that goes in progression with you know physical pain, with mental pain, emotional pain, and then getting the soccer rhythm back and. That's been the part that shocked me about Miles. Honestly, if you had, you know, put masks on guys and, and they were playing as luchadors in Chattanooga 
and you told me to pick out the guy who is playing his first game since uh, an Achilles rupture, I would not have picked Miles. No, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. And he's just gotten better and better every time we've seen him. So Miles is, is fully back. He'll play at Granada on March 24th with the U.S. men's national team, March 27th in Orlando hosting El Salvador. So he will miss the game in Columbus. Uh, he will not have any effect with the Portland game this weekend. And the April 1st game with the Red Bulls, I know this always comes up, and I feel like it it should be known by now, but we'll we'll remind it. Like he'll be back for the April first game. He's in Orlando on the twenty seventh. Like he'll be back. He'll be back on the twenty eighth. But will he need to play forty five? Will he need to play maybe sixty? That's going to be something that Gonzalo Pineda and the sports science department will work through. They'll also be in communication with the national team sports science department about where he is. You know, if he doesn't play on the 27th against El Salvador, he'll probably start and be full go on April 1st. If right. he plays in that game but only goes 45, then it's a different conversation. So that's Miles. There's three other guys who officially have been called up. Tiago Almada, um, March 23rd in Argentina against Panama, 28th against Curacao. Ronald Hernandez was called up for Venezuela. They are playing Saudi Arabia on the 24th, Uzbekistan on the 28th, and then Yorgos Yakamakis called up for Greece. Uh, Gibraltar is the Euro qualifier opponent. That's March 24th. That should be a comfortable game. And then March 27th, it's a friendly against Lithuania. So the Miles games are official games for the national team. They count. It's Nations League. The others are friendlies. I don't expect Tiago Almada to play 180 minutes in those two games. I don't expect Ronald Hernandez to play 180 minutes in those two. And Yakimakis, with the second game being a friendly, it opens the door potentially to playing against Gibraltar and then coming back early. So keep those things in mind as we, we look ahead. The April 1st game, I think it's a minimal effect, and it's going to be more in minutes restrictions potentially for guys. The Columbus game, these guys will miss. And we'll talk about that as we get closer, what the lineup will look like. Yeah. By the way, I don't think it's a slam dunk. Miles Robinson plays 180 minutes. No, it's, I don't think he does. It's no disrespect to Grenada and El Salvador, but I would be maybe a little disappointed if um, anyone in the U.S. men's national team player pool was required to go 180 yeah. against those two. Opponents. No, I don't. I don't expect that. I don't think that should be necessary. But it does absolutely have an impact on the uh, the Columbus match. I, I think it, we were talking to. I think it was Johannes about this. It, this is the first time I can remember Atlanta United playing through a break like this. Everybody's uh, playing through it this time. Yeah, that's right. But but I think for Atlanta, this is the first time. Yeah, because in the past, when we had these windows during the season, teams could opt in or out. And Atlanta always opted out because they expected to have national team players on a regular basis. This one, there's no option. Everybody's playing through it. It's just the nature of the calendar that, has been affected by the World Cup being where it was last year at the end of the year and just a lot more stuff on it with League's Cup and Open Cup and everything. So you're going to have to deal being shorthanded against Columbus. Does that open a door for a Porata-Abram pairing at center back there? Yes. Noah Cobb's going to have something to say about that. Miguel Berry likely going to start as he has been. That's nothing, nothing surprising there. And in the midfield, it'll be interesting without Almada against Columbus. What what Gonzalo Pineda decides to do 
to counteract that. And he's got a lot of solutions. It's just how you how you decide to play it. Boy, it is a good question, though. Who plays the number 10? It, it might just, not look like a traditional 10, I, I think. Because you don't really have a, a true... You don't have an Almada replacement. Nobody does. No. Um, could it be in a Johnny Fortune? Could it be in a Marsadich? Both players who are dangerous in the attacking half and attacking third. Fortune, a little more north-south than his danger. Sadich, a little more of a number 10 kind of passing role in his danger. So just depends on, on where everything else fits together, too. It's too early to call. Well, let's pivot to Portland. Coming up Saturday, 7.30 on Apple at 92.9 the game and Sirius XM, Channel 157 uh, oh. on, on Saturday. Um, Portland, 1-2-0. Coming off, uh, I would imagine for them, disappointing result on Saturday against St. Louis, a yep. match where they scored early and then could not find that second goal. And St. Louis kind of got their footing. And in the second half, St. Louis really uh, played very, very well out there in Portland. Uh, but this is a team, like, I, I feel like we've said this the last couple of years about the Timbers. Oh, the, their window's got to be closing. They're getting old. You know, they, they, surely they can't sustain this. They've got all these 30-plus-year-olds. It, it's not going to work. Um, and yet, two years ago, Cup Final, last year, uh, defeated Atlanta United in Portland. There was a weird penalty in that game. Actually, uh, Portland scored twice from the spot. One of them was a really weird call. Joseph had a Galasso at the end of the game, and then... Um, Something yes. else happened after the game. But mm. but anyhow, you know, we get tempted sometimes, I think, to look past Portland. In this case, though, Jason, I just I keep coming back to this. Seeing how disruptive and effective Atlanta United has been dialing up the press when necessary, being able to counter press and win the ball back. I just have a feeling. Atlanta United is going to have a very, very effective time in disrupting a Portland team that is a little bit slow at the moment. I hope that's not unfair for me to say, uh, but but just a team that does not look overly sharp at this point. Well, they're they're beat up. This is a Portland team that's dealing with a ton of injuries. Um, three guys with uh, varying levels of knee surgeries that are all out and won't be back for at least a month or so for all three of those guys. You've got Sebastian Blanco dealing with knee issues. He hasn't played. You've got Jimmy Chara, who is dealing with a hamstring issue that's pretty bad. I don't expect to see him. Uh, Christian Paredes, hamstring in the match last week, probably out. Uh, Gio Savarese basically said he's out after the game early. you got to have scans and stuff. Um, Evander uh, subbed in. He didn't practice last week. He played in that game when Paredes went out, and then he had to come out in the 70th minute because he started to feel tightness in his groin, so that makes him extremely questionable. Yeah, I mean, they're just beat up. They, they just don't have a lot of options right now. Uh, something that I think they'll do is they'll play a 5-3-2. They, they did that after falling down 3-0 at LAFC and cut that to 3-2 and made a game of it in the second half. They played that way against St. Louis, and, and Savarese said after the St. Louis game that was because of not having Evander to start, their new designated player who's a 10. So they had to adjust. With him not being 100%, 
I and being on the road and dealing with that pressure, I think they'll play a 5-3-2. So the question, I, I don't think they really try to play through Atlanta's press too often. I think they try to play over top of it. The center backs are going to have to deal with two forwards, and that's going to mean that Franco Ibarra as the six is going to have to stay very connected to them and or Andrew Gutman, Brooks Lennon are going to have to stay very connected. They both can't go all the time, and then Ibarra has got to be very positionally disciplined. So that's really my concern about the Timbers. It's not so much you can turn them over a ton easily. I just don't think they try to play through that. I think they're going to play over the top and play direct. Good points. Very good points. But they're I, good out wide, though, and, and I do want to I do want to touch on that really quickly. I, I got into it a little bit on Atlanta soccer tonight. You can go back and hear those clips from Savarese are in there as well. Uh, Juan David Mosquera on the right side. He's played as a right back or a right wing back. He's been their best player this season. Young Colombian. Uh, he's played in all three games. He's got a goal. He's got an assist. He's dangerous on that side. So Gutman's going to have to be careful with him trying to get in behind. Claudio Bravo on the other side, if he's playing as a wing back, he's more free to get forward. They'll be good in those areas. And two forwards up top, that can be a handful. Um, set pieces can be a handful too. Zach McGraw scored off of a set piece against St. Louis. So they've got ways they can – Portland can come in and win this game. Absolutely can come in and win this game. But the matchup with what they're missing really does favor Atlanta United. Ricky Ricardo points out on the Twitch pitch, first time – the Timbers have played at the Bend since MLS Cup. I actually have to look that up. That's true. Atlanta uh, yep. United was out there in 2019 and again out there uh, last year. It's been a uh, really close series overall. I mean, two wins for Atlanta, two draws, the one win for Portland last year. Uh, draws in regular season games leading up to MLS Cup in 17 and 18. Atlanta mm -hmm. wins that. The win in Portland in 19 was the best win of that season, an outstanding yep. win, comprehensive win, a very controlling win. And then the loss out there last year that was, you know, close because it's two penalties and then you can pull one back. It was just a weird day. So it's always close with these two. And I expect it will be here because Savarese is a great tactician. Those guys are going to run through a wall for him. You know, he's one of the most respected managers in the league. I think he has absolute control of that locker room in terms of getting the motivation that he needs out of his group. They're just shorthanded, and they don't have all their weapons right now. Most of the questions we're getting on the Twitch pitch actually go back to the question about the call-ups in the Columbus match. Christopher Abel wants to know, could Atlanta United call Luke Brennan up on a hardship waiver to yep. maybe play in the midfield? Yeah, and, and it's not a hardship waiver anymore. Let's let's try to get the, the terminology because you can do it anytime. Like it does it. Hardship waiver was the old rule where like, you literally only had a certain number of players available. That was the trigger to be able to do it. Now you can do it. And guys who are on pro deals, and Brennan is now on a pro deal, you could call him up, but Brennan's not a 10. He, he's not a central midfielder. He's a, he's a wide player. So you could, I think he'll get opportunities with the first team this year, but I don't think it's to replace Almada. It would be more of replacing a left wing or a right wing. Um, and you don't really have that. You don't really have a 10 with the twos. That would be that guy that you drop straight in. Uh, could you bring him for depth? Sure. But it's not directly related to the call-ups. Uh, let's see. Bobby Blackwolf wants to know if we know how many call-ups Columbus has. And no uh, I do not know yet. I don't. And we that. might have more, too. Um, Machope Chol, I know Doug Robertson reported that Chol was called up by South Sudan. 
I haven't seen that confirmed. Uh, the South Sudan FA, not exactly the largest organization. So um, I have not seen it. I haven't seen anything about their games coming up. They do have matches in the window. And Machope has been called up before. So it's not a surprise if he gets called up. But Atlanta United has not announced that. And I have not seen that official out of South Sudan. And uh, again, mostly call-up questions. I will know Pocket says... Team is playing well. I have few issues with what I've seen, but I also see the value in criticizing and providing various opinions. Sure. I just don't know what you're criticizing at this point outside of being nitpicky. Like, can this team be better? Yeah. Every team outside of LAFC can say that right now. LAFC is the only team that can sit fat and happy right now at the top of the, the table and feel we're great. We have nothing wrong at the moment because they're whooping up on everybody. Philadelphia lost the game in league play. They're the team in the East that coming into the, the season was the one to beat. Everybody's got issues to be better. That's sports. But the, the overriding, but, 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 and, and, uh, well, they're doing good, but, eh, like, I, I understand what has happened the last few years, which hasn't been as bad as some have also made it out to be. But, man, just enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. the games. Enjoy there, the experience. There's a, there's a lot of PTSD right now, and I, I get it. But I, I do get it, not, but man, it doesn't make it okay. This is not 2020. This is not 2022. This is a new season. Yeah. And uh, so far, so good. Anyhow, Saturday night, 7 o'clock uh, for the pregame show. 7.30 will be the kickoff. Again, you can get Jason and I on 92.9 The Game. You can get us on Apple. Uh, and you can also get us on Sirius XM Channel 157, and you can get us on the Odyssey app. Many, many, many different We're ways. We're everywhere. We're everywhere on Saturday. Well, the full-time report after the match as well. Back here, 2 p.m. next Wednesday for another edition of Stoppage Time, where we will try to solve the puzzle of who Atlanta United will be playing in Columbus. But hopefully they'll be going in there on 10 points, which would be their best four-match start in club history. We will see you on Saturday. Thanks so much for joining us today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.